Logical Progression, Year 1, Lesson 22. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'at sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Karim. So folks, um, obviously there's some kind of problem there that we don't know, we can't identify. Um, but there you go. Forgive me for that if you're watching this recorded. We tried our best. We waited 15 minutes to try and fix a problem. We couldn't. You'll just have to catch the recording uh, later. Um, also, you will have an opportunity for just a few more days. If you haven't re-registered your details for the new system, there's only a few more days to left to do that. Okay, that was going to be cancelled, but you know that, that that you'll get that opportunity again. How would you do that? You'll have to go and find the original email in your inbox that got sent out last week, and then you click on that link if you haven't already, and you re-register if you haven't already. If you have, that's fine. Um, so that's that. Anyway, let's just jump straight into the text. Then I think uh, what I wanted to talk about is this. Um, there's one thing I wanted to clarify from before as well. Uh, maybe I'll start with that. So you know we had a long discussion about the issue of what we can do with gold when we're in possession of it. Gold utensils and gold uh, jewelry and this, that. And we opened up unintentionally, but it had to happen. We opened up into the discussion of the mas'ala or the issue of هَلَا الْكُفَارْ مُخَاطِبْ لِفُرُوعَ Are the non-Muslims being addressed and being held accountable to the secondary matters in the religion. And by that, if you remember, I was saying the halal and haram, those things which are halal and haram for Muslims. Can we allow non-Muslims to, to, to deal with that? Can we? And I said to you that the majority of the scholars, and I said to you that the position which is closer to my heart is that they're not allowed. Um, therefore, you know, selling pork to a non-Muslim, even though it's halal for him, or selling non uh, the biha meat like you know haram carrion or whatever, or selling gold to someone who's gonna wear it a male in in jewelry, right? So it's haram for him to do that, but you know, it's, sorry, it's haram for for Muslim male to to wear it, and even though it's permissible for him, this ruling would mean that it wouldn't be permissible, and I, I explained in detail. I don't need to go over that again, okay? And um. And I know a lot of people are still confused about that. And the reason they're confused, and they keep bringing up a number of points, the reason they're confused, and I, I don't want this to continue as a back and forth, is because this is a mas'ala of khilaf, that's why. It's not, the issue is not confusing, that there are two positions that the scholars hold. The minority allowed it, meaning the minority, minority said that, we'll talk about the minority in a second, but the majority said that no, the non-Muslims will be held accountable. It's not just that they have to believe in Islam, but they will be held accountable for the Salah, they'll be held accountable for not giving Zakah, they'll be held accountable for not doing Hajj, and so on and so forth. Okay, and that's the ayah uh, uh, that, مَا سَلَكَكُمْ فِي سَقَرُ What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran says that what made you go into the hellfire? قَالُوا what did they say? We were not from the Muslim. We were not other people who gave that sadaqah and zakah. We were not other people who used to pray. This is the kuffar speaking. Etc, um, etc, etc. Et it's a very strong opinion. Anyway, there's obviously criticism against this opinion. 
obviously because um, as one sister mentioned out and as we explained even at the uh, time of explaining the hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said that don't wear this or don't use this this is for them referring to the gold utensils this is for them in the dunya that this is something which is allowed for them in the dunya and for and for you in the akhirah so therefore this is to suggest that this is something allowed no answer the response it's not necessarily it's something which is allowed for them if they get hold of themselves this does not justify you giving it to them or you helping and supporting them in that um uh, you could the ayah also to kafirun lakum dinukum for you your religion for me mine is a kind of statement saying that you go ahead and practice yours and good luck to you and we will go ahead and practice ours well this is also not a proof this is just a statement of fact you go and practice your own religion we'll do our own religion doesn't mean that we're going to help you in your religion a much stronger evidence as far as i'm concerned are the ahkam of ahlul dhimma the rulings that are well established that deal with the people who are with a treaty or under under a pact under protection of the muslims so these are minorities of non-muslim groups that are living in an islamic state and effectively they pay they pay a tax and they are protected and in these protectorates if you like or in this scenario there is a lot of discussion in the books of rulings and fiqh about what they're allowed to do that they're allowed to you know sell their own uh sell their own haram things to one another make their own haram things one another wed one another according to christian custom etc etc so this would then suggest that it's permissible top down to allow people to rule by themselves i just want to say to you that it's not that the reason people are confused on the ruling of this is because it is a matter of a difference of opinion and you're either going to choose one or the other opinion you're either going to say that no they are uh, held accountable by sharia therefore i can't give them gold fillings for beautification i can't sell gold cutlery to them that they're going to use to eat with i can't give a male gold jewelry i can't sell a silk tie to a non-muslim gentleman i can't uh, give my bottle of alcohol which i received as a gift and i don't want it and i can't give it to my neighbor because i'm helping them in the sin if you follow the majority opinion then all of these is can't 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 okay if you follow the minority opinion and it's a valid opinion and i want to just emphasize that that's the reason i want to go on record to say that if you wish you feel a lot of pressure you got a lot of very expensive cutlery or you got very lot of expensive jewelry and you do want to give it away to non-muslims i want to say to you that there is some basis for that uh, my own sheikh uh, or one of my own mashayikh that is his opinion his opinion has always been that that he doesn't feel that non-muslims are held accountable to sharia and when and when he discusses it, he doesn't really go into detail in fairness he just keeps it simple and if you keep it simple then you've got your strongest argument you when you keep it simple you say well what's the point of holding them to accountable to the details when they're not even muslim it's a simple argument when you keep it simple it seems pretty obvious but as you know, the devil is always in the detail. So when you start critiquing the issue more, looking at the evidences more, you seem to kind of find the evidence might be against that. Anyway, I'm just saying it's a valid opinion for people who do have that. Because I understand from a lot of people, especially the converts, that they have a lot of this material or stuff. And if you have that, then you can give it away, inshallah, ruling by that opinion. I'm giving you permission to do that based upon that minority opinion. All right. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Now, let's deal with uh, the text at hand. It's page uh, uh, 109 in the text, page 2 in the notes. I don't have the English to hand, I forgot it at home. But um, basically it's uh, just a statement. Meaning that the uh, continuing with the recommended matters, 
We've finished the issue of supporting one's weight, number three, on the left foot. If you remember, we said even though there's some medical basis for this, right and left and etc, etc, actually there's no evidence from Sharia. And so therefore, it is quite fine for you to squat. And I explained that, you know, minus all the jokes and the fun, squatting is very important. And it's a, back to, a way back to the old style and old system. And it helps in keeping ourselves out of the toilet very quickly. And it's very interesting, of course, on Facebook, someone uh, posted a video and, and then uh, to me. And I, I hadn't seen it before. And then I watched it and I put it out as well. And it's very interesting that they created this uh, device. Subhan, these non-Muslims that come out of wool bakwas, man, it's amazing. They're so innovative, it's incredible, yeah? But we see the, basically they, 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 they proved that squatting is the way to do it and They proved that sitting on a toilet is a disaster And so they married the two And they know that we're not going to go out to the back of the garden anymore That's all finished now, yeah? So basically they married the two and they said we're going to teach you You see, you know, the Arabs, yeah? <laughs> Yemenis, definitely, right? Many of the Arabs I'll even say many Pakistanis as well They'll squat straight on a toilet They, they consider sitting, they consider that toilet dirty and so they will literally stand on the toilet and they'll squat on the toilet, which for me is a disaster, as, I'm gonna, as you're going to see in the, in the next uh, two pages, okay? But the point is, is that there is actually, subhanAllah, a really clever way out of that. What they've devised is that you sit down on the toilet as per normal, seated toilet, but if you put this device, and it's basically, I mean, they've made a device because it shapes to the toilet and it goes in. Basically a stool, that's all it is. So just get a cardboard box from home dirty and pack away, yeah? So you're basically putting it right at the foot of the cistern, right? And then you're putting your feet on top of it. So you're sitting on the toilet, but your feet are a foot off the floor. And when that happens, you create a squatting position whilst you're still seated on the toilet. Your knees go all the way up. And obviously, what's the, what's the beautiful thing about this? It is a work of beauty, I gotta say, yeah? is that there's no pressure upon the legs because you're still sitting on the toilet. But what happens, of course, is that the knees are brought up. That therefore increases the pressure upon the diaphragm and pushes the, it reduces the volume inside, which cr creates a squeezing action, creates natural evacuation with respect to keeping the intestines, colons straight down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? I think it's quality, you know? Like I said, you can either buy their plastic ones called squat potty or some bakwasa, I don't know, yeah? And, uh, or something... Uh, but I'm saying just get get the kids toolbox or something, yani, you know, we can do a cheap way around that, no problem. So that was number three. So number four now, وَبُعْدُهُ fi fada, And for him to be بَعِيد meaning far away, okay, in fada. Fada means, uh, uh, fada is derived from my favorite word in history, yeah, fadi, okay. When I say this is kalam fadi, meaning that this is just pointless speech. Fadi means empty. Okay, Fadi means empty. When you hear lots of these people saying this is Kalam Fadi, it means empty talk, meaning useless talk, meaning you're just talking Bakwas basically. Yeah? Bakwas, nonsense. The Arab version of Bakwas is Kalam Fadi. Yeah? Proper English, nonsense. So you now you don't know, everyone asks me now what Bakwas means or what Kalam Fadi means. Now you know, okay? So Fadi means empty. So the whole point here is that get out there, get away from the eyes of the people. Now, number four, what is recommended is to be far away from the people. And this is obvious, okay? And there is a basis for this in the Sunnah as well, from the Hadith on the next page in the Hadith of Mughir ibn Shu'bah that's narrated in Sahih Bukhari and uh, uh, Sahih Muslim. And in this Hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he left Mughira, went with him, and then he left Mughira behind, and he went far away from him. 
And obviously going far away from him is to create distance, to create distance to protect the honor and the uh, aura, protect the honor and the, the, the aura. So you're so far away that you can't be seen and you're that far away that, you know, someone can't come upon you in a state of undress and all, you know, sounds and all the rest of it. It's a dirty thing that you're doing. This is clearly something which is um, not so relevant in our time. Although, I was thinking about this, it wouldn't be so crazy to do a modern day application of this and plan the position of your bathrooms as a result of this. All right? With respect to in the house. But I think that's a general common sense thing anyway. People don't try not to put the, bed, the, the, the bathrooms uh, in really obvious places. I'm just saying try and put them in more hidden places. <laughs> Bob's is like, what kind of statement was that? <laughs> Maybe what I want to say is that instead of, from a planning point of view, from a building point of view, instead of using partition walls, make brick walls. Just apply the fiqh. That's what I'm saying. Because most people, when they make a uh, thing, having just built my house and knowing this very, very well, okay, most people, when they want to, you know, stick in a cheeky little bathroom somewhere or a little ensuite, whatever, they slap up a quick partition wall, does, 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 a bit of pieces of wood, put plaster board up and job done, all right? I'm saying that there maybe is some kind of, yani, wisdom, not saying sunnah or anything, that to make that a bit thicker, a bit more solid, to create that bit more soundproofing and that bit more... Privacy. Do you hear? That's the point I wanted to say. And then he says, um, number five, and his concealing. And Sheikh Uthameen said, and it is recommended, okay, to conceal oneself. And the intention here by the statement of concealing is to conceal one's entire body. This is better, he says. Um, and this is because of the hadith of Mughira. What do you think the Prophet ﷺ went so far away? Obviously he wants to cover his body. And it's not talking about the aura because to cover the aura is wajib anyway. You can't say this is referring to the aura. These are recommended matters of going to the toilet. Yeah? So it can't be referring to the aura because it's haram to show the aura. Right? So this is referring to the entire body. Meaning that this is not a becoming kind of state to be seen in or to be caught in. Um, so that's that Now I'll tell you something very interesting Sheikh uh, Muhammad Mukhtar uh, He mentions that um, There's another meaning to istitar here as well And what, what he um, What he basically wants to say Is that The uh, What did he say He said that It's obviously clear that to cover your body Is one meaning But there's a second meaning as well That we should consider that um, the hadith that we all know, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas, which is narrated in Sahih al-Bukhari, which, is, which was uh, the Prophet ﷺ, he walked past the grave and he said these two people are being punished. Okay, they're being punished. I think you know this hadith, yes? What are the two things he was being punished for? Backbiting and? <coughs> so, not what, no, not, one said not washing yourself. Not cleaning himself after urinating, anyone else? Not protecting his clothes from urinating. Have you seen so much variation in just like three people? Look at the variation. Sheikh? Okay, what do you think that means? What do you think that means? Because that's the Arabic, okay? 
I'll read the Arabic and you think about it. Just it's very. I, I thought this would be an interesting exercise. Both of them are being punished. And it's not a major issue to them that they thought that they're being punished for. And in another narration, Now, the famous narration that everyone knows is That he did not avoid or did not take precaution to avoid the urine going onto his clothes. That's the correct meaning when you take that translation. So it's basically splashing. So wherever he's urinating, it's splashing back onto his clothes. Or maybe he's very, very lax with it. You know, just urinating here, urinating there, not caring, whatever. The other narration, which is also authentic, changes that last part. And if we have that translation, then what it basically means here is that this person was not being punished for the fact that the urine was splashing on his clothes, but because he was not protecting his aura. And so therefore, the adds another dimension to the meaning of this hadith. And Allah knows best. That you will be punished for being lackadaisical in using the toilet. And this is a very relevant thing for males in male toilet urinals. Okay? Because obviously, we're going to establish soon, okay, inshallah in this lesson, if we get time, we're going to establish that it is allowed, quite allowed, to pray standing up, to urinate standing up. Okay? To urinate standing up. It's a big debate, we'll, we'll discuss it a little bit, yeah? Now, once you open that, that, that door, then the only point of urinating standing up is, of course, for the male urinal, really, all right? Obviously, you might still urinate in a normal toilet, okay? But you, then you have, once you've opened up the, the door to allowing people to stand and urinate, then it means standing in ur urinals. And the obvious problem with urinals is that they're open, or far too open, and you can see each other's private parts. And so, therefore... I mean, to look, to look at another person's private parts is haram. We, there's no doubt about that. And if there's no choice for a person to do that because he can't find a space and he tries his best to cover himself when he's going to the toilet back in the old days, he would be pardoned if he tries his best, which is why it's only mustahab. He tries his very best to find a place where he can conceal himself. But if he can't, then he has to try his best where he is and everyone else has to fear Allah and, you know, look elsewhere. Which is why any Arabs Masakin, they didn't get it right when it comes to their clothes. You look at the packs, we smashed it, yeah? Shalwar kameez, what a great cloth yani, to have. Yeah, you know a lot of people have been saying, I don't understand the relevance of this subject because you know, we've got toilets and stuff, it doesn't matter. You guys are going to have to leave Cheadle sometime in your life, yeah? You'll have to actually go out and travel somewhere and go out into the real world. The real world doesn't, it's not this using toilets and closed cubicles and clean whatever. The real world is fields, gardens, deserts, okay? And when you've got your thobe on and you're trying to sit down, yeah, and go to the toilet with the thobe, it's all over, yeah, I'm telling you right now, right? First of all, it's all over. Second, there's no chance of you covering yourself. Shalwar kameez though, yes, salam. You take your, your bottom part off, lift it up to the knees. I need to do a demonstration of the bicon, to be honest, yeah, because my knees. The, um, um, I should have worn shalwar, huh? Got a few brothers here. Ah, Tikes. Ah, we have we have a brother who's wearing shalwar kameez. I think he was a very good demonstration. The fact that he's a Liverpool fan, even better. <laughs> even even better. Allah is my elder, so I'm going to respect him and protect him. But I will say this much. Um, 
on a serious note, although how I can do this without laughing, I don't know. But imagine that you are about to go to the toilet outside. A lot of people have absolutely no idea. They complain, I can't do it, I can't sit down, how do you protect, whatever, whatnot. Well, first of all, you have two options. When it comes to your bottom shawar, uh, 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 yeah, the um, trousers, pants, pajamas, whatever you want to call them, yeah, right? They are either going to come off if you're completely inexperienced, yeah? So you just take them off completely. <laughs> what else are you going to do yeah, if, you're not, if, you're not, if you're not experienced enough? Or you do what you should be doing, okay? And this is what people don't know. You bring up the bottom to the, to the knee, so you roll up the bottoms to the knee and you roll the bottoms down to the knee as well. So everything is now around the knee parts. Does that make sense? So then when you sit down, you, that's the only way you can sit down by the way. And then you'll have them collected here. So from there collected, from there collected. So it's now all collected there. And that basically means that your entire nether regions are completely exposed when it comes to sitting down. All right. That's the first part. That's going to happen regardless of whether you're wearing shalwar kameez or whether you're wearing just standard trousers or anything. It's not possible to do it any other way. If you try to leave this bottom part there, you won't be able to sit down and all the rest of it. That's fine. The second problem, of course, is now that that's, you've been able to sit down, you've got to have try and cover this part up. If you've got a thoban, then Allah help you. Because there's no way that you're going to be able to sit down and then cover these, these parts. There's no way. The shalwar kameez, what happens is that, you see, that's why the split's there for, you see? <laughs> so that split, you take it, and this is what my, what my uncles taught me when I was back in the Indiani, right? You take that and you put it down, right? You put it down and you take the front part and you put it down. And basically what you have is that from the front, no one can see your private parts. From the back, no one can see your private parts because you have that front flap of the shalwar kameez the back flap of the kameez covering and you are, you're protected. You see, the problem is, is that people don't, don't do it so they have no idea. But I, 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 know, I know it's funny, but you have to know this. There's no talking about the wudu, you are doing advertisement. Advertisement for shalwar kameez. <laughs> any advertisement for shalwar kameez is a good advertisement. Yeah. So, so, um, so I hope you understand that point, that there is, and this will come relevant with the next point that's recommended. Because... When it comes to finding the area to go to the toilet, this is very important. I know people are thinking, well, I'm sitting in a toilet and I will be. I can say to you now, it's pathetic if you are going to live your life thinking that you will uh, always have a toilet everywhere. If you're going to go anywhere in your life, you're going to have to assume that there are no seated toilets. And forget about that. What about, the, what about going to even a nice area, a nice place, and they've only got a floor toilet? Likewise, most people, they can't handle it. Most people, they go into that cubicle and they just take every, all their clothes off. <laughs> that's what they do. Huh? Look at me for. That's that's what they do. They do that because they don't know how to deal with the the thingy. Oh, did you say how do I know? <laughs> me, I'm an expert, yara. I just I just taught you how to do it properly, you cheeky pack. Have you heard? Have you heard? Anyway, so so what they do is they take off all their clothes. Because, they, you know, there's too much, you know, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. You're going to make dua anyway, protection. You might as well, yani, if you're going to go naked, you might as well go naked. Then, yani. But I'm just saying, the reason they do it is because it's too much hassle. They don't know how to hold the clothes like this, how to put the clothes like that, what's going to splash, what's not. So there is, a, there is a, a point here. There will be some times where you can't take off all your clothes. So you have to be able to understand how to sit down and make sure that the bottom part of your entire nether regions 
is exposed completely so that you're able to either go for a one or two and there'd be no way of soiling whatever clothes you're wearing and then clean yourself, which is going to come up, without further soiling your clothes. You have to, as Muslims, understand how to do that. I mean, I'm telling you, frankly, just because we, most of the time you're not going to do it because you're in a normal toilet, it doesn't give you, uh, uh, you know, protection. Anyway, so I think that we need to be very careful with respect to um, this issue. And then the next point, the Sheikh then uh, talks about rahwa. <coughs> That he then seeks, he actively tries his hardest. Irthiyad means talab, means he tries his best to find a place which is soft. Soft. And why is it soft? Because obviously, when you urinate onto something soft, it absorbs, absorbent kind of area. That's what you're looking for, as opposed to something hard. And when you you know urinate on something hard, that's where splashes are going to happen. Now, anyone who's urinated outside will know that. That's why it's disgusting what people do when they go and urinate. Uh, first urinate publicly and then urinate against the wall. It's like disgusting. Or urinate on the pavement. It's disgusting for everyone else. It's the cursed action. The Prophet ﷺ told the people uh, in the authentic hadith that uh, protect yourself from becoming from the cursed. And they said, who are who are the uh, who are the two cursed people? And the Prophet ﷺ said that the one who does the uh, urinates in the path, in the tariq, and and in there shaded areas you know in those areas where they're relaxing and chilling you know that they know uh, everyone has in the hot countries in the very hot countries everyone knows at what time what place will be shaded and so they all congregate in these areas and so people obviously want to do that uh, urinate in those areas as well because obviously it's cooler or whatever i don't know and so these are cursed people so what i'm saying is that there might be emergency scenarios where you need to go and urinate but to urinate publicly is disaster urinate in the paths haram and to urinate upon a surface where it's very likely for it to splash back upon you, that's a problem. Which is why you need to try your best to find a place where the urine does not splash back. Now this is of course, uh, this is of course talking classically. Classically speaking, you're looking for soft ground, earth ground. Uh, when, people go, when people go camping and stuff like that, certain leaves, certain areas you'll find are problematic. Whereas other ground is a lot better. Rasulullah has narrated in some ahadith, he used to carry a spearhead with him. A spearhead. In the hadith of Anas ibn Malik, I remember that he would take the spearhead and... Huh? Anaza, exactly. And the, the Anaza is a tiny, tiny spearhead, basically. And what he would do with it is if he come across this part of ground that was not hard, he would scrape the ground. So, like, you know, quick dig, kind of, you know? That would create a, a, a condition so that when urine falls upon it, it absorbs as opposed to splashing straight off. Okay, so this is this is a, a, an important point, and it's a delicate point as well because you can go too far in this as well. And we're now going to enter the issue of waswasa. Now, the whispering of shaitan is most strongest upon a Muslim in the chapters of purification. When it comes to how the shaitan attacks the practicing Muslim, this, the non-practicing Muslims, there's no issue. They're, he's, they're all his slaves anyway. All out there, you know, left their deen, left Allah, left his message, left the prayer. He doesn't care about them. So he needs to take us guys down. Those who pray, those who care about deen and stuff. So where are, where are his main targets? And how does he hit the practicing Muslims by creating doubt? And what does he, shaitan, create doubt in most and most strongest? Purification. And we're going to be discussing this a lot over the next couple of weeks because we're now coming to those areas where he rules. He really runs things. 
And the first aspect of his uh, uh, weapon, uh, his first weapon against Muslims is when you're urinating, how uh, freaked out you get by any kind of small splash. You gotta try your hardest, but you can't lose the plot. You gotta try your hardest, but you can't just always think that, right, that's it, I'm dead, I'm finished now, I have to go and wash all my clothes and all the rest of it, okay? You try your best, and then, um, and, and there's even, there's a chart here that Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti, he's created, and I've been playing with, my, playing with this all day. Shall I say that to them? Shall I not? Shall I say it to them? Shall I not? Because, you see, the classical, don't say Arab, the classical approach, Muslim approach, traditional approach to fiqh, is to really go into a lot of detail on these things. Right? But sometimes it makes things too difficult for the people. If I say to you that he said that there is two places that you're going to urinate, in a hard place or a soft place, and if you, and there's two, and in, and if you, and for each place, the place is either going to be pure or dirty. So it's either going to be a tahir place or it's either going to be, either going to be a najis place. So that's four scenarios. And then he's going to give now, four, for these four scenarios, what the scholars said is recommended. Not obligatory, but recommended. I'll just say it anyway but as, a, as a learning point. So he said, if the makan is tahir salban, if the, the place that you're going to urinate is pure and hard, what do you think, how should you urinate? What do you think? He says you should urinate while sitting down. You should urinate while sitting down. If the area is filthy, najis, rahwa, if it's filthy and soft, then you should urinate standing. You should urinate standing. If the place is najis and hard, najis and hard, he shouldn't urinate there at all. Because obviously, it's going to splash, and the splash back is not going to just be the urine, but also the najasa, which is already in that area. And this is very, very relevant in areas where the toilet has become overflowing, you're desperate, etc., etc. This is a reality. If you don't think you're ever going to go back to your bend and see that, wait till you go on Umrah. <laughs> and you're stuck on that road to Medina, yeah, and you've got to use one of those Saudi diners, yeah, then you're going to realize yeah, what we're talking about, yeah? You go into that toilet and you see a mountain, yeah, and you think, oh my God, yeah? And the final uh, thing is that, is that if the place is pure and hard, pure and hard, then he has the choice of either urinating, standing, or sitting. And all of this, if you look at all of these uh, permutations, are all to do with the likelihood of the, the urine splashing back. And when it splashes back, what the effect will be. Okay? No, no, pure and hard. No, I... Subhanallah. You know what it is? Uh, 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 it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's a mistake in the text. It has to be pure. Uh, uh, it has to be pure and soft. Yeah. Sorry, pure and soft. Although the text says, Tahir and salba. Anyway, it's just a, it's, just, it's a typo. Yes, pure and soft. Correct. Yeah, pure. If the area is pure and soft, then he can either urinate standing or sitting down because it's not going to really matter. Okay. So, anyway, I hope that that makes sense. All right. Well, well, so that, that's that's from that point of view. What does what's the modern day application of that point? The modern day application goes back to my favorite subject: toilets. Okay. You see what I said to you? Toilets is a knowledge. It's a real knowledge. I'm telling you, man, all right? You'll go to like Apna countries, you'll find that the hole is very small. Have you noticed? 
Yeah, you go to our countries. We've got like um, a, a more medium sized, okay, more medium sized, and the water is very very low. You go to the states, go to Canada, and all the rest of it. Their system is a different one. You know what their system is? Their system is that the water is the water level is like literally like two inches underneath your backside. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, if you guys are here, won't have seen it, but do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, you know, you know, our toilet, you've got like about that much drop before it hits the, the water. Yeah? So, imagine that water level is up to here, full of water. I'm thinking that there's a fiqh behind that. The fiqh is that anything which is falling from you is falling very quickly into the water. And I'm guessing by that 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 minimizes splashing and so on. And in general, I think it does. Allah alam. Okay? I think it does. Because obviously the problem with having low water, which is my big problem with the squatting idea, if you uh, not squatting, but actually standing on your toilet and then squatting, is that you're increasing the height yeah, to higher. So you're creating like, you know, a really big... <laughs> you're creating a bomb situation there, you know what I'm saying? And it goes... And that water splash is going to go everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So it's a disaster. So I'm saying that there is... You do... And I'm telling you now. You guys think it's all funny. Mate, I spent three weeks choosing my toilets, yeah? Three weeks. And I looked at everything. I looked at the size. I looked at the fiqh. I looked at the, <laughs> the angle. The, the front part is also very important. Because our modern day makan and rakhwa, our modern day makan and rakhwa is the angle at the angulature or the angle of the front part. If it's too sheer, right, then there's a problem. If it's too in, like that shape, that's a problem. There's a perfect angle somewhere. Don't, I don't know what that angle is, but we do need to calculate that angle. There's clearly a perfect angle where impact versus angle equals... It equals minimal splashback or no splashback. I don't know. It needs to be looked at. I'm telling you, it needs to be looked at. Now, back in the old days, back in the old days... I won't say back in the old days, back in my old days, when I used to do locoming a lot and contracting, I used to use portable fiqh solutions. Portable fiqh solutions is that you're not confident about how clean a toilet is, okay? So it's about then using uh, uh, tissue paper to line the area. So then it doesn't matter about angleture, you take out the angle problem. And if you put enough tissue there, then there's no way there's any splashback. So I'm saying that you can take this a bit too, 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 too much of a sick level. I'm, yeah, I'm, I am aware that this can get a bit crazy. So that, that's why it's very important, in my opinion, why istinja, you making istinja with water is so helpful because it gets rid of a lot of possi possibilities of any splashback. And also, as, I'm, as you're going to see, it gets rid of a lot of waswasa. Okay? It gets rid of a lot of waswasa because if you've, done urinate, you've urinated and there, there has been potential splash, splashback, there has been. But you've washed your private parts and you know therefore that they're wet because of you've washed them, right? Because you definitely washed it. This is also like a weapon against shaitan. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later as well. I'm going to come to that. Yani, this is a very important point. And we have a precedent by Abdullah ibn Abbas that helps us in this. Okay? And it's something which I, 
always uh, recommend to my students. But anyway, so I'm saying that this is something that you need to be aware of. Don't take it t- too far, but it's something that you need to be aware of how you do it. Now, the next point, okay, so being concealed, urinating on soft ground. After urinating, to use the left hand to squeeze the penis, starting from its base to its head, three times, and to shake it three times, okay? So there's three, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of specific detail there that's being uh, said from the madhab, and it's very interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you, and uh, Allah forgive me, I'm gonna use a finger. Yeah. What else can I do? Yeah, let right finger, I'm trying to work out there, okay? So what, what, what it's referring to, okay, is that the, and this is in Arabic, uh, this is in Sharia, not in Arabic, it's called silt. So there's actually a term for this, yeah? It's called silt. Sin, lam, ta, silt. What is the process of silt? Silt is effectively aiding evacuation. So you finish urinating and you know that there's still, obviously it's for a male, obviously, and you know that the penis therefore definitely has more urine left in it. And so the base of the penis, base, okay, is therefore gently squeezed and then it's like, it's like milking an udder. Yeah, that's what you're doing. So you're going along from the bottom to the top and you're squeezing. And that's clearly the urethra. Urethra? Yeah, the urethra is then being emptied almost. Yeah, one, two, and three. And it's obviously squeezing everything out. You can see the common sense for that. Which one is it? Nasser again. Oh my God. Nasser, what was it? The guy's... <laughs> Look at this guy, Allah. He's a grown man. Gasme, I don't believe it. What was the other lesson he ruined as well, isn't it? What was the other lesson? Okay. <laughs> You're not going to blame someone online, are you, bro? That's the worst and oldest trick in the book. Yeah. Go on, then, blame him. See, uh, Sister asks, you're mentioning the uh, opinions of Sheikh uh, Mukhtar Shankiti. Yeah. Uh, she asked, how would that apply for a sister? How is that even funny, bro? <laughs> <laughs> is that your excuse for laughing your brains out getting red and making all these pats laugh yeah I mean <laughs> Kasmi that was the worst, worst at least make up the comment and say she wants to know what her base is <laughs> right okay <laughs> for a sister just yeah and you try your best because yeah clearly for a sister it's messed up because that's going you know water straight down so maybe that's why the water high water level is a very much uh, an advantage for her she needs to do some fiqh, man. She needs to position herself in a way where it's not causing any, you know. And that's a, that's a, that's a that, that is, I mean, on a serious point, that is a problem. When you're having, you're having a, uh, for, for a, uh, I mean, you know, you know the, the ground toilets, the porcelain toilets, the ground ones. They're fine for a male because obviously he can direct his urine. Yeah. But for a woman, it's just hitting that hard surface so close and it's causing splashing. It's a serious issue. Um, and so, the, uh, you know, you just have to try your best. Male, obviously, is easier. Females are going to have to just try, uh, you know, try their best. So back to this issue. So that's the point. And why are we doing this here? Why the fuqaha? Because they know there's a load of urine in there. And they know that, yani, if you leave it for a long period of time, then it's going to, uh, uh, you will find some kind of wetness there. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a fact. So this is a human issue that everyone knows. Females, not so much of a problem. Males, major issue. And... 
We need, and this is where shaitan takes over. You're always thinking, and that's why people go to the just go to urinate in the toilet, and they're sitting in there five, ten minutes because they're squeezing, squeezing, or drying, drying, getting another tissue, drying, drying, washing again, and washing again because you're thinking there's still more there, still more there, and so it's a it's a real it's a real problem. So this is where the ilm comes to save us. Okay, this is where the knowledge comes to save us. Sheikh Uthameen, rahmatullah alayhi, he goes. And I want you to know that this is an incredibly weak statement. This is incredibly weak. And he goes, first of all, this has never been authentically narrated from the Prophet ever. That's the first thing. This has been never authentically narrated from the Prophet that he did that. That's the end of the story. Secondly, he goes, medically, this is something which is harmful. You are putting pressure upon your, your uh, urethra. And I'm sure there is some problems with that, no doubt. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so um, you're squeezing, you're this, you're that, and whatever. So this is no good. All right, and especially then if you add it to the next point, which is natar, which is shaking it and tapping it and shaking it. You know, all this kind of playing around is not healthy. Not healthy for this uh, uh, organ. And he all, and then he goes, and that is why Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah rahmatullahi. He come out with just the next level statement. A statement which as I say should be written in gold. He goes, This is so good, honestly. <laughs> um, he goes, the penis is like an udder. If you milk it, it will flow. And if you leave it, it will settle. So, yeah, dry up, it will settle. So what's the point being said? You know when you have a cow, yeah? And you milk the udders and you milk, yeah? And it's not easy to milk, by the way. Pulling at the same time, squeezing. Pulling at the same time. You guys probably never ever seen a cow in your life, yeah? <laughs> All you modern dog, you see? That's the problem. So if you go and you milk and drink that milk as well, when you taste that milk, you'll... you'll You'll be singing the praises of Sainsbury's and Tesco milk that you're drinking. But that milk is rough, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that uh, 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 milking process is like a tap. You squeeze, let go, it's gone. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And you could come back and you could squeeze again, suddenly it comes back out again. Yeah. And you let go and it's gone again. What, what Sheikh Islam is saying, he goes that the penis is exactly the same. You're going to stay there for half an hour if you're going to keep squeezing, squeezing, squeezing. It will keep coming, coming, coming. And if you are letting that waswasa get to you, that's how shaitan takes over. He ruins your whole thought process by thinking, you're not pure, you're najis, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. And Sheikh, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Islam saying that well, if you're going to go for that shaitani logic, then you can stay there for a whole hour and keep squeezing and you will always be able to get more urine out, more urine out, more urine out. No. That's not acceptable. So what do we do? We, ur- we urinate. We stop. We try more. We stop. We try again. We stop. We wash. We go. That's it. You, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated upon the Muslims. He didn't obligate that you stay there five minutes, ten minutes. He didn't obligate that you squeeze this or you shake that or you drop this. He said you urinate and you wash and you go. That's it. And you go, if you then feel things afterwards, this, that, whatever, or you think it's wet, or I might be wet, you just say, this is waswas from shaitan, a'udh billahi minash shaitan rajim And you ignore it. If you're struggling to ignore it, okay, I repeat to you the statement. 
you have only been obligated to urinate and leave in literally one or two minutes. Literally. Anything that happens after that, either you are ill and you are, are incontinent, and for that there's a separate whole ruling, okay, because you are literally dribbling and you don't have the control over the pelvic muscles, and that's something else, okay. But, or you're normal, and whatever comes out afterwards is forgiven. Whatever comes out, if it does come out, is forgiven. Ignore it. Don't sweat over it. And this is where I bring in the statement that's narrated in Al-Matalib by, um, and it's narrated on the authority of Abdullah ibn Abbas, what he would do is that he, I love this, subhanAllah, after he would urinate, he would make istinja, and after he'd finished istinja, he would get water, and he would sprinkle it over himself and his clothes. Slight sprinkling, and then put his clothes on. This is fiqh, fiqh. Yeah, and he, he knows shaitan's going to come to me, I'm going to slap him hard. When shaitan says to me that, oh, you will witness, yeah, yeah, mate, I know, I was me who did it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's the fiqh. You see? You, you see? That's how the Sahaba, they knew that this is what shaitan's going to come to me at. This is what he's going to use. He can't bring any bigger, bigger game than that. That's his game. I'm going to bring my A game as well. So it's just another way of practically putting in this, this, this point. I will not allow doubt, because that's shaitan's number one weapon. I will not allow that to, to overcome me. You understand what I'm saying? I will not allow that to over, overcome me. So that's, that's really good. And I just want to move on quickly to the, uh, the, 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 the shaking as well, uh, uh, the, which is called natar. And there's a hadith that is narrated in this matter. When one of you uh, urinates, then let him shake his penis after it three times, meaning like the, to drop it off, to, like after he's finished, drop it, يعني, shake it or whatever, so it drops off. But this hadith has been narrated by Imam Ahmed, and so on, but it was considered weak by Imam al-Bayhaqi, by Imam al-Nawawi, by Ibn Hajar, and by Imam al-Busiri. Okay, so we consider this hadith to be weak. And that's why Shaykh al-Islam again said another amazing statement. Rahmatullah alayhi. He goes, An-natru bid'ah wa laysa sunnatun wa la yanbaghi lil-insani an yantura dhakarahu. That this process of natr is bid'ah. Anyone who goes around yani, shaking his penis in this matter, matter, wanting more urine to come out, more urine to come out, this is not sunnah at all. In fact, it's bid'ah. And that's it. Yani, let him not do that at all. You urinate, you're sure that it's done now. I can't hang around here for five minutes. I'm not meant to. Wash your penis or use yani, tissue paper. It's dry. Don't keep going back. Don't keep going back. You keep going back after you then you're three times. That's the whole point of washing three times. You wash three times or you clean. We're going to come to that. Or you clean three times and then you move on. If you keep coming back, there's going to be more there. There's going to be more there. And then Sheikh Uthameen, he goes into a little bit of a, a discussion uh, about how many statements. And this is why I said the classical ulama, they're specialists in making things difficult for people. Specialists. They make such a mission. Some of them said that what is required from the Muslims is that when they go to urinate, that they have to cough. So you have to, when you go to urinate, when you finish urinating, you have to cough three times. <coughs> to try and get everything out. You have to, is what, what they're saying. Okay? Others said he has to get up and walk some steps and back and forth. That's insane. What are you going to do? Walk around like that. What the heck's happening? 
That's messed up, man. Kasmir, right? وقال بعضهم ينبغي أن يصعد درجة ويأتي من أعلىها بسرعة. He said that, yani, he goes that some of them said he has to go up to a couple of steps and then rush down. <laughs> and he goes, all of this is narrated by Ibn Taymiyyah in Majmur al-Fatawa and by Imam Ibn Qayyim in Al-Iratha. And Sheikh Uthameen says, وَكُلُّ حَادَ مِنْ وَسْوَاسِتْ أَلَّتِي لَا أَصْلَ لَهَا وَالدِّينُ وَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدُ Wallahi. Honestly, this is beautiful. He goes, all of this is just from the whisperings of shaitan, absolute nonsense, and all praise be to Allah, this deen is ease. This deen is easy and, and good. So alhamdulillah, this is good. I like that. Um, and I just want to mention, um, at, at this point, uh, the, 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 uh, the issue of, of urinating standing up. I want you to know there is a difference of opinion. Okay, Aisha radiallahu anha, she was the most prominent anti you know, uh, opinion on this. She said, no, we're not allowed to urinate standing up. And the reason for that is clear. Because she as one of the household never saw the Prophet ﷺ urinating except sitting down. And the Prophet ﷺ, yes, he would go far away, but there was also a portion of the house where he could do that as well. It's, you can almost call it a house toilet. It was a part in the corner where, it was where, he, where he would sometimes. But rarely, but sometimes. Every time that he was there, he was sitting down. So the asal is that. The problem that we don't accept uh, Aisha radiallahu anha's opinion is because it has been narrated uh, in Sahih Muslim in a number of hadith and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam This is Sahih Muslim on the hadith of uh, the narrated on the authority of Hudayfa that the Prophet sallallahu when he would come to the toilet area of the people we would see him urinating standing up okay so this is something which is well established that he urinated standing up. And there's a huge discussion to this matter. Some people said, yeah, he urinated standing up because he was suffering from weak knees at that time and he couldn't sit down. Other ulama, this is the ulama speaking, other ulama said that he was suffering from a condition in the loins. And the Arab, they used to say that urinating standing reduces the pain in the salt, in the loins. Okay? Maybe spinal pain, I don't know. All right? And others said that, no, this is abrogated. It's definitely not abrogated. These are late, later ahadith. Other ulama said that this is only to be done. This, uh, uh, and Muhammad al-Shanqiti, he likes this last opinion. He said that the, uh, 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 it's only to be done when you come to Subat al-Qawm. Yani you come to a dirty area. The whole point is it's a dirty area. And he did it in a dirty area because they sit down in a dirty area. And I want you to understand what I mean by dirty area. When I say dirty area, I mean an area where it's all full of feces, basically. Yeah, that's the whole point. This is all feces, so you can't step anywhere, you can't sit down, there's a risk of your thobe and stuff being dragged in it. So it's obvious you're not going to go in an area, you're going to urinate. And so some people said that. And Sheikh Muhammad Uqtar Shankiti said, that's a fair enough explanation. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the asal is sitting down and that to urinate standing is allowed. And according to Sheikh Muhammad Uqtar Shankiti, and this is my opinion as well in the top position of this class, Al-Qawl al-Rajih wa al-Ilm Allah, يجوز البول قائما ولو لم يوجد عذرا إلا أن الأفضل أن يبول جالسا. It is permissible. This is my statement. It is permissible to urinate standing up, even if he doesn't have an excuse to urinate standing up. Yet the basic principle is to urinate sitting down. That's the complete statement. Okay, you are allowed to urinate. You don't have to have a pressing need or some excuse or something. You're allowed. That's the reason he did it to Allah to allow it for his ummah for a need. All right. 
But the, the, the Muhammad Uthman al-Shakhiti is saying that, that there's no evidence to suggest there has to be a need. He has allowed it, he has done it, and therefore you can do it if you wish. You don't have to have an excuse, you don't need to be ma'zur as they say, as we say, Pak say. It doesn't have to be someone who's ill or needs an excuse or something. He's allowed to do it, no problem. But you should know that the basic principle when it comes to urinating is to sit down. That is more becoming, more clean, etc, etc, etc. So that's the summary, if you like, of the situation. Is that, is that cool? I, I, if that's cool, then we'll, just, we'll close on that and we'll just take a couple of questions, inshallah, and then we'll do the adhan of Maghrib. Are we good with that? Okay, good. Exactly. Yeah. So, just the last point there. Yeah. Is it in the modern age then? Is it still preferable to basically urinate sitting down because of the issue of concealment and splashback in public urinate? So, so, so uh, uh, Shazad's saying that what about you know modern day? Modern day is our normal toilets, yeah? And normal toilets is ridiculous to urinate standing up, to be honest. Yeah? For anyone to be urinating standing up in those toilets is a disaster. It's, a, it's a adab wise, practice wise. Everything, because people don't, you know, what men do, they don't lift the seat in that disgusting behavior, you know, right? People uh, urinate on the floor as well, and we expect these bathrooms, Yanni, to, you know, you, you, you have the idea that they're clean when you take off your clothes or anything like that. And obviously, the splashing back is a lot more pronounced when you're coming from a higher, higher drop point or whatever, I don't know what you want to call it, but higher that point. So that's a, that's a, that's a problem. So in our toilets at home, People should sit down. I don't want to say it's obligated because the reason they should sit down or they must sit down is because they have to be sure that they're not creating definite circumstances where they're bringing najasa upon back upon themselves. All right. But if it's possible, as I said, in a, in a modern day urinal, they're, they're shaped in that way to minimize that. They actually shaped. But you've got to be careful. In a public urinal, I said to you that my understanding of that hadith is clear. That the man was cursed in the grave. He was punished in the grave because he was not concealing his private parts which is what happens in modern day urinals you have to be very very careful so urinating and standing is allowed you don't have to have an excuse to do it try your very best to understand the mechanics and the physics of your toilet and where you go to the toilet so that you don't make a mess when you're doing it and it causes then a problem for you and likewise um, when you are uh, when you're urinating, do not get caught up on the fact that there's still more urine in there. There's still more urine in there. And you're squeezing and you're squeezing and you're shaking and you're shaking. You urinate, then you say, that's enough now. You wash, you wash three times. If you don't have the, 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 uh, the water, you use a toilet paper three times. Don't go back fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. You will definitely still find more, more, more urine. You will keep finding it. You wash that's why washing is great because you know you've washed you know it's wet because of water and then you don't worry about any wetness after that because you know that is dealt with this is some points and I guess um, and moving to another let's finish this now this is a section isn't it moving to another place to clean the private parts if soiling oneself is feared is a common sense common sense point if you're out there in those areas and you najasa all over the place especially if you've just done a number two to then try to then risk cleaning yourself in the same area is a risky scenario. You could get your hand dirty and this dirty and everything else dirty. And so the idea is that then you take a couple of steps, move to another area where you're able to use water. Okay? Where you're able to use water and it's not going to splash back. Obviously, if you're doing istijmar, dry cleaning, using a toilet or a paper or using stones or clods of earth, then there's no problem. Which is why in the Arabic, it says, وَتَحَوُّلُهُ مِنْ مَوْضِئِهِ لِيَسْتَنْجِيَ فِي غَيْرِهِ For istinja. 
the risk is higher because it keeps splashing. And there, there, there's an, an interesting point. An interesting point in my opinion. When you're making a stinja upon your toilet and you're using your whatever you're using, the spray and X, Y, Z, the application of the classical principle to modern day is that when you are using water, at that amount of water, it's also splashing. Splashing back najasa back onto you. So it is acceptable for a person to do what? To clean himself and to flush the toilet whilst he's still there so that what you've got now is only clean water underneath. And therefore when you're doing your istinja and you're cleaning your private parts, any splashing is splashing from clean water. Do you understand my point? Okay, this is also an acceptable principle, and this is the modern day applica- uh, application of Fimakanin Rahwa. Fimakanin Rahwa, same principle. You flush the toilet, now you've only got clean water underneath. All that's remaining is now for you to do is stinge out with your private parts now. You can now wash it uh, cleanly, any splashback is mitigated because the water and the surroundings is now clean. All right, that's not an obligation, I'm saying it's a bit of advice. And that completes that entire uh, section. The next week will then be upon the disliked matters. Um, the site was uh, being upgraded and stuff and it was down and stuff but the everything's back up again you can ask any further questions on the forums we'll pick them up there inshallah wajazakumullahu khairah any any things I need to make? Huh? announcement about? what about Maghrib? oh yeah goodness yeah um, um, uh, so uh, guys locally everyone here and anyone who's in the northwest we have Sheikh Riyad Warzazi who's giving the khutbah at Masjid al-Furqan, Sumali Masjid in Rashom. I'm sure you all know. Check that out. And he's teaching forever on Sifatul Jahannam and Jannah this week, Friday, uh, in Salford at the Oasis Academy. Go and check that out. Posters are outside. So uh, that's a Friday uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, a few spaces left, I think. And um, that's it. That's it. Okay. See you guys next week. Jazakumullah. Same time. Jazakumullah.